Well, I want to invite you now to take your Bibles or your electronic devices and turn to Exodus chapter 20. We're continuing our series on the Ten Commandments, and this morning we've come to commandment number six, no murder. Before we jump in on that particular commandment, though, once again, I want us to read the Ten Commandments together as a body of believers. I'm not going to ask you to stand, but just as you're seated, let's read together the Ten Commandments. Do not worship any other gods. Do not make idols. Do not misuse the name of the Lord. Remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy. Honor your father and your mother. Do not murder. Do not commit adultery. Do not steal. Do not give false witness. Do not covet. May the Lord bless the reading of His commandments. Well, this morning we come to number six in Exodus chapter 20 in verse 13. We read this. You shall not murder. In the actual Hebrew, it's even shorter than that. It's just two terse words that say, no murder. That's the commandment. Uh, One of our younger pastors asked me this week, uh, Butch, how do you preach a whole sermon on just that short of a passage? Well, as I looked at this passage of Scripture and I considered this verse, I think that this is the one commandment that as we understand what it really means and we make applications of this commandment in our current culture, I have more opportunities to offend every one of you here this morning (laughs) as we look at this message. And so, you may not like some of the things that I'm going to share this morning. Actually, my job is not to please all of you. My job is to proclaim what the Word of God has to say and to make applications to our lives. So, you may disagree with some of the things that I say this morning. But if you do, disagree because you can support your position from the Scriptures, Disagree because you are a Berean that is going to go to the Word of God to see whether the things that I tell you are true or not. And I would say to you, that's what you should be doing every Sunday anyway. We do not accept something just because people tell us it is true. I don't care who the preacher is. If the Apostle Paul could be examined and questioned... There are no preachers roaming around today who are beyond being questioned and examined. So, this command, no murder, let's talk about, first of all, what does it mean? Well, it forbids a premeditative taking of human life. That's what it it means. 
This particular word, and there are different words that could be used in the Hebrew that talk about killing. And some of you may have a translation of the Bible, like the King James Version, that says, thou shalt not kill. And a misunderstanding of what that literally means has led to all different types of views. The meaning of the word that is used here means to murder someone. And every time it is used, it is referring to the murdering of an individual, another human being, never is it used of killing an animal. So it refers to the premeditative taking of human life. Now, what does that include? It includes murder, abortion, infanticide, euthanasia, assisted suicide. Every single one of those acts violate this command in the Word of God. Let me say that as clearly as I can this morning. Every one of those acts, premeditated murder, abortion, infanticide, euthanasia, assisted suicide, are all forbidden by this command. The committing of any of those acts is sin before Almighty God. In 2019, in the United States, there were 889,000 abortions that took place in one year. Now, according to the deaths that are reported, the most up-to-date information I could get this last week, there were 598,000 deaths that were attributed to the COVID virus. Let that sink in for a second. We have had our whole nation turned upside down because of 598,000 deaths, and I'm not saying that is not important. Please, do hear me carefully this morning. We all know people who have died because of the COVID virus, and I don't want to make light of that at all. But I do want to ask the question, where is the outrage over the innocent babies in their mother's womb that were slaughtered, and as a culture, we are quiet about it. Since the court decision of Roe versus Wade, to put it in perspective, there have been in the United States over 61 million abortions. And where's the outrage? Where's the concern? Abortion is murder. Abortion is a sin before Almighty God. We are quickly as a culture 
moving to where infanticide is going to be accepted, and in some places is accepted today in our country. The New York State abortion law allows abortions all the way through full term. We have seen in the past battles in New York and battles in Virginia, and we are on the verge as a nation of accepting infanticide. Infanticide, the killing of a baby, a viable baby outside its mother's womb is murder and violates this command. As a culture, as we become those who will accept a culture of death, we are finding public opinion swinging more and more to the support for euthanasia and assisted suicide. Now, the difference is with euthanasia, someone else is taking the person's life. With assisted suicide, you are helping the person themselves to take their lives. I was shocked to find out that assisted suicide is legal in 10 states and in Washington, D.C., right now, today. We have a culture of death. What does it mean to murder? Not only does it include murder and abortion, infanticide, euthanasia, and assisted suicide, uh, the word actually also there that's used is used to refer to negligent homicide, negligent homicide, where it would be predictable that something bad could happen and someone could lose their life, but you don't do anything to stop it. An example in the scriptures is given in Exodus chapter 21 of someone who has a bull who is known to gore people. And if the owner doesn't keep his bull tied up and he lets it roam free and he knows that it is predictable that this bull could attack or kill someone, he is guilty. It's the word that's used here, you shall not murder. He is guilty of committing murder before God. And that is covered by this word. Also, what is covered by this word, that no murder is unnecessary, excessive force that leads to death. Now, please note, emphasis is on the first two words there. Unnecessary and excessive force that is used on someone that leads to their death. That falls underneath this category as well of being murder. That's what the word means when it says no murder. So let's talk about what it doesn't mean. 
right? It doesn't mean the killing of animals. Nowhere in the scriptures is the word that's used there for murder used for animals. Now, I know we may have some animal right advocates that are here with us today. Uh, We may have some vegetarians that are here with us today. And to you that are vegetarians, I'm going to admit right up front, you probably eat much more healthy than I do. I will give you that. But we are not forbidden from killing animals. Now, I think we should all agree that all animals deserve humane treatment. I'm not saying that, you know, even though I'm not a fan of animals, I'm not out there for, you know, let's torture the animals. There's something wrong with you if you take great joy in torturing animals. Uh, That's not what we should be doing. But this command doesn't refer to the killing of animals. We're still allowed to have our steaks and our Big Macs and other things unless our doctor tells us we shouldn't be eating those things. (laughs) But the word used here, not to murder, does not refer to the killing of animals. It does not forbid, secondly, it does not forbid capital punishment. In Genesis chapter 9, in verses 5 and 6, we read this. And for your lifeblood, I will require a reckoning. From every beast, I will require it, and from man. From his fellow man, I will require a reckoning for the life of man. Whoever sheds the blood of man, by man shall his blood be shed, for God made man in his own image. Man is different than the animals. I'll say more about that a little bit later, because we are created in the image of God. And sometimes we are criticized as being inconsistent. They say, how can you be pro-life and be so against abortion and yet support capital punishment? Well, we do so because we arrive our views based on what the Word of God says. And God says, and that was, this has never been uh, pulled back by God, Because man is created in the image of God, those who take man's life, those who murder, shall be put to death. And it's shown to us through commands that God had for the nation of Israel that he he did not mean the capital punishment was forbidden. Now, remember, Israel was a theocracy. We are not a theocracy, but Israel was a theocracy. A theocracy means God rules. So when God rules, he puts into effect for the nation of Israel his laws and the way that he wants his law obeyed. So even after God said, thou shalt not murder, there are a number of things in Israel that were punishable by death. 
Now, please hear me this morning very clearly. I am not advocating that in the United States we should have the death penalty for all the things that the death penalty was for in Israel, or a lot of us would be in great big trouble. I, I want to run through the list. Look at it. Premeditated murder, kidnapping, adultery, homosexuality, incest, bestiality, persistent disobedient to parents and authorities, striking or cursing parents, offering human sacrifice, false prophecy, blasphemy, profaning the Sabbath, sacrificing to false gods, sorcery and divination unchastity, and rape of a betrothed or engaged virgin. All of those in Israel were punishable by death. Anybody want to institute that from the United States for everyone? We are not a theocracy. We, America is not the replacement of Israel, though some people think that it is. We are not. But this command, no murder, does not do away with capital punishment. The next thing that it does not mean, it does not refer to killing in war. Does not refer to killing in war. Not a single time in the Bible is the word that is used in this verse for murder used for those who were battling in war. And also God sent the nation of Israel to war at various times. So going to war, soldiers killing on the battlefield is not a violation of this command. Also, it does not mean that you cannot practice self-defense. It's never used of someone who is defending themselves because they felt that they were in inherent harm. This word does not mean that you cannot defend yourself. And this word does not mean that law enforcement using deadly force when necessary to protect the innocent. That is not murder. Now, I know that right now this is an extremely hot button in our culture. And I know that there are those who are advocating to totally get rid of police departments. I shudder to think what our world would be like And I think as a church, we need to recognize that God has ordained the authorities that are over us. And God has said the government does not bear the sword in vain. Now, we are not advocating or supporting the killing of individuals when it is unnecessary. You know, our dedicated police officers would tell us that there are bad apples in their group as well, that give all of them a bad name. But to blame all police officers for the offenses of some of them, 
is not right either. And whether it's a police officer who unjustly takes the life of an individual or whether it is a mob or a group of people that take the life of a police officer, both are wrong before God. And some may not want to hear that message, but our support for capital punishment and our support of those who have the task of policing is based upon the fact that all men are created in the image of God. And that's our rationale. That's our rationale for this. And this is the rationale for this commandment. Man is different than animals. We have been made in God's image The animals have not been. Genesis chapter 1, verses 26 and 27 tells us this. Then God said, let us make man in our image. That's not said about anyone else that is created except for man. Let us make man in our image after our likeness. And let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heaven and over the livestock and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. That's our rationale. That is the rationale that God gives us. So let's talk about now, how does the New Testament expand this command? Because so far, we've basically been talking about outward actions, right? We've talked about that which we do, but we really haven't talked about the heart condition yet. And yet that's where Jesus zeroes in on the heart. So how does the New New Testament expand this command? Anger and insults lead to murder. Matthew 5, verses 21 and 22. Jesus said, You've heard that it was said to those of old, You shall not murder, and whoever murders will be liable to judgment. But I say to you, that everyone who is angry with his brother, let that sink in a moment. Everyone who is angry with his brother will be liable to judgment. Whoever insults his brother will be liable to the council. And whoever says, you fool, will be liable to the hell of fire. Boy, that's a little more convicting for us, isn't it? Hmm? But see, the acts of murder begin with that which is within the heart. So which one of us has never been angry with our brother? 
Which one of us has never insulted someone? Some take great pleasure in being able to insult everybody. Which one of us has not said to someone, you fool? And, and actually, it, the word there means, and this was something that was popular years ago, it means to be empty-headed. We use the word airhead. You ever said that to someone? <laughs> I, we, look, as a church, we are not going to get political. There is plenty of blame to, to place on both sides of the aisle. And let me say to us as a church, as believers in Jesus Christ, our hope needs to be in Jesus if you've got your hope in a politician or if you have your hope in a political party, you are going to be greatly disappointed. Amen. We as a church need to stand for biblical principles and we need to preach it straight and preach it clear and let the chips fall wherever it needs to fall. I am sick and tired of the politicians that court the vote of evangelicals and say they believe in our core values when it's nothing but a lie. I'm not getting started there. <laughs> we won't have time for the second service. All right. <laughs> The commandment not to murder goes further than just the outward actions. It condemns any action that might lead to murder. It also necessitates that we need to learn the principle which underlines this prohibition. We're also told that hatred leads to murder. 1 John chapter 3, verse 15, John writes, Everyone who hates his brother is what? A murderer. And you know that no murderer has eternal life abiding in him. Can I say very clearly, there is no room within the church for hatred of individuals. For God so loved the world, there is no room for those who are followers of Jesus Christ to hate someone just because they're different, just because of the color of their skin. There is no room for racism within the house of God. We are brothers and sisters created in the image of God. Black and white, yellow and red, 
There is no room for us to discriminate and have racist ideas within God's house. If we, hate, if we hate our brother who we can see, John will ask, how can we say we love God who we haven't seen? And to hate, that hate within our heart leads to murder. And John is going right to the heart of the issue. To hate someone is to be guilty of murdering them. We've broken the command. How does the New Testament expand this command? It teaches us that love changes everything. Love changes everything. Romans 13 verse 9. For the commandments, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not murder, you shall not steal, you shall not covet, and any other commandment are summed up in this word, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. Remember, as we started this series, we said the Ten Commandments can be divided into two groups. The first four refer to our relationship with God, our vertical relationship. The last six are horizontal relationships. We also said that all ten of the commandments can be summed up in two commandments. When Jesus was asked, what is the greatest commandment? He answered and said, you should love the Lord your God with everything that's within you. With all that you are, we are to love God. And we are to love our neighbor as ourselves. And Jesus' teaching on loving your neighbor as yourself caused them to ask the question, who then is my neighbor? And from that came the parable of the Good Samaritan. Anyone that we run into is our neighbor. Love will change everything. So let me make some practical applications for us here this morning, quickly. Number one, murder cannot be rationalized. We can say, oh, that person did this, this person did that, and so now I'm going to murder them. Or we get together in a mob mentality, and I never cease to be amazed that how people throw off their inhibitions when they're with a mob of people, and they can be caught up to do things they would not normally do. It does not make murder okay. It can't be rationalized. Number two, we must stand against abortion, mercy killing, and euthanasia. You know, as I was preparing for this message, one of the things that shocked me the most are some recent statistics that uh, have just come out. It found that 23% of white evangelicals say abortion should be legal in all or most cases. That's almost one out of every four 
Think of it. Just count in front of you. One, two, three. What? I pray to God that that is not true of our congregation. I pray that that's not true of us as a people. But I want you to know that I am not so blinded or foolish to believe that we don't have people here in our midst who are just tuning me out right now when it comes to this. With all the arguments that have been presented, the false arguments. See, keep in mind, friends, Satan's a liar. And he's going to get people to buy into life. Well, woman should have control over her body. I don't think any of us would say she shouldn't have control over her body. There can be control to make the choice not to have sexual relations. See, what we forget, abortion is really about the sexual revolution of no consequences for breaking God's law in that area. We'll be talking about that in a few weeks. But almost one out of four with it of white evangelicals support abortion. And this really shocked me. Seven, now we're talking about all people now in the United States. 70% of those 18 to 29 say that abortion should be legal in all or most cases. I shudder for what the future may hold for us. Now, I'm going to share something now that is my opinion, okay? Right now, I'm going to stop preaching for a moment, and I'm going to meddle for a moment. You know what that means. When I'm talking about somebody else, I'm preaching. When I'm talking to you, I'm meddling in your, your life. That's, that's the difference. I'm going to meddle here for a moment. Because I personally do not understand. And I would like someone to explain to me how God's people can vote for people who promote a culture of death. I can't understand that. And you say, are are, are you a one-issue voter? No, I'm not a one-issue voter. I am a morality voter. And if there is no respect for life, judgment is coming upon us from God. I don't understand it. I don't get it. Okay, let me go back to preaching again. (laughs) We must... We, as the church, must cultivate an environment of love. Let me speak to you here this morning. If you happen to be here, and, and, and maybe you've had an abortion, there's forgiveness from God. Praise God. His blood can cleanse us from all of our sins. And, you know, sometimes we're looked at as being judgmental. Let me say, not only does God love you, we love you. And if you believed the lie that this would not affect you emotionally, that this would just go away and you would never think of it again, 
We want to be here to help you and to offer you the forgiveness in the Lord Jesus Christ. We don't hold our arms out and say, go away. We open them and we say, we love you and we care for you. Jesus said, by this shall all men know that you are my disciples in John 13, 35, if you have love for one another. And as a church, we want to be a place where you can come and heal, and we want you to know that we love you. And we also want to point you to Jesus. If you're here and you've never accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and as your Savior, I want you to know he went to the cross to die so that you could be forgiven. You could be a part of his family. You could have eternal life now and forever in his presence. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. We pray that you would help us, Lord, that we might stand upon your word, but that we might do it in a loving way. Help us to show love to those around us. We thank you for Jesus saving us and help us to proclaim that message to others. In Jesus' name, amen.